0: We were going to go over the cliff. And he somehow gained enough control to steer us into the snowbank. It was terrifying. I thought I was dying. I thought my last interactions of significance were what just happened at Lisa's party that was just ugly and mean. And I decided I really want to spend my time with the people that I care about the most because we never know when it's ending. I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah. Can we come back to this? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip of this week's episode of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. And whoever did the music mixing, the sound mixing for this episode, will pay for their crimes against humanity and pay for their crimes against Meredith Marks. Because she was telling, telling the harrowing tale about almost driving off a cliff in a snowstorm. And she was broken up over in the confessional. She's crying, and we don't often see Meredith Marks cry. She might be slurring about rumors in the husband. The rumors in the husband. But she's not often crying in a confessional or crying in a scene. And so here she is telling this very tough tale about driving off a cliff almost. And if you've been in a car accident, they're scary, especially in a snowstorm, and then add in a cliff into it. And she's saying, oh, my God, I was faced... With my mortality and I just realized in that moment how important life is and to spend time with the people you love. And she was thinking about some of her friendships and, and then we see her in the scene with her son. So this was a really important moment for Meredith Marks. And then those Bravo people are just playing that goofy music in the background from Simon Van Kempen's days on the real Housewives of New York, which is like, it was like so goofy. Goofy music as Meredith Marks is crying. As, as if we're watching, I don't know, Hotel for Dogs or Air Bud or something, like an animal feature. An animal. And they were just playing that. Ba-dum, 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 as she's through tears. And so I couldn't believe they did that. And there was a lot of weird sound mixing stuff happening on this episode. I mean, when they were fighting at the crepe party, at the Opry No Ski party, the, I felt like there was so much music and sound effect in the background as Angie Kay is chasing Meredith Marks around them crepes. As if I we're watching Man of Steel, there was just so many different instruments going. And then later in the episode, Angie K sits down to talk to the hairdresser husband about something going on in their lives. And they were playing like, I heard like violins and I, don't know. I, just, I was so focused on it this week. I was like, what is going on? Uh, now before we get into the episode, I do have a disclaimer. I have an apology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Normally I get behind the microphone for this podcast and I have one of them mini diet cokes, but it's been a tough week. It has been a tough week for Danny. It was my birthday earlier this week and there's so much going on. I'm getting ready for a bunch of travel. I'm going to be on tour and there's a lot of planning and all that stuff that goes into it. So I have been a little extra tired today. And so I went in my refrigerator and I went to grab my little mini diet coke so that I could be as uh, energetic as I need to be for all of you guys for the podcast. And uh, I didn't see a Diet Coke, but I did see something called an Alani. A-L-A-N-I. This is not an ad, by the way, but it's an energy drink that somebody had gotten in some sort of box or something in the refrigerator, and it's a Witch's Brew Alani. I think they sell these. I don't know where they sell I don't even want to say. And also, again, they're not even paying me, so I'm not going to say. But it is an energy drink, and I've had a couple sips of this Witch's Brew. And I don't know if they put a bump of cocaine in there or something, but I feel like I'm off the fucking walls. I mean, let it snow, baby, because I feel like they put cocaine in it. And I don't know that to be sure, and so allegedly, again, I don't want this brand mad at me. If you need some energy, I pick up an Alani Witch's Brew, because they're great for energy. But I had two sips, and I'm ready to run a marathon. So let's go, baby. Let's go. Uh Uh-oh, hello. Hello. Okay. All right. I mentioned I'm going on tour too. Come see me. Uh, the podcast is going to be a little bit different over the next few weeks as I go on tour. Come see me. There are still tickets available at Cleveland. Nashville, there are a lot of tickets available, so please come see me in Nashville. And then San Francisco has just a few left. And then I'm doing a signing at the Grove for the book. I'm doing a signing in Henderson. Uh, but the live shows will be talking about all this Bravo stuff. So come see me at the live show and we'll be recapping Salt Lake City and what's going on in Beverly Hills and all that stuff. Uh, but that will be at the live shows in the podcast. I do have an interview that will be coming to the podcast feed for everything iconic over the next couple of weeks that I was able to do ahead of time. But I I will be traveling and on tour, so there will not be normal recaps for the next few weeks. But then as soon as I'm back, we'll be covering Beverly Hills and we're going to be covering Miami as well as finishing out this season of Salt Lake, which has just been fantastic. But uh, I hope to see you. My book is out on the 24th. But those live shows outside of the signing ones, so that Henderson and uh, the Los Angeles at the Grove, those are just signings. But the other ones will be full everything iconic live shows. So we're going to be talking about all the Bravo stuff. So come see me. Uh, and celebrate the release of the book as well as uh, the episode of Salt Lake City that will be airing next week that we'll be covering on uh, the live shows. Anyway, okay. Did that make sense? I'm a little worried this episode. I'm not going to make any sense because sometimes when I get too energetic or I have too much energy, I just talk so fast and then I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. And so I might screw a lot up this time. Okay. So we open this week of Salt Lake City with the Opry No Ski event. Angie is pulling Meredith aside. Remember last week on the show, they told Angie K that Meredith is spreading the rumors about the husband hooking up with the dude after the hair salon business. And so Angie K is pissed. But Meredith Marks didn't actually ever say this on camera. Yes, she did bring up that there's rumors and do you want to talk about the husband? And so she did bring that up. But I don't think she actually said like the hairdresser husband is S&D after he does someone's blowout. Do you get what I mean? So the other people filled in those blanks. I would actually argue that Whitney Wild Rose and who was telling... I feel like they were the ones... Monica. Monica was the one who was really throwing uh, Meredith under the bus. And I was like, Meredith never said it on camera. And so when Angie Case chasing her around this crepe party, that somehow turned into a flatbread party, which we'll get to. But she's chasing her around, and then Angie's like, you're the only one spreading your legs outside the marriage. You know, she's running after her. And Meredith's like, I don't know what you're talking about. The rumor's about you, though. And you're just... Running away from her in that cape. She's got a cape on. And she almost ran into a table at one point. She's like, Do not come up to me like that. And then I noticed she almost like stumbled into some people who were sitting at the table. And that made me laugh. Uh, But yeah, Angie's chasing her around the party. And then as this is all going on, Lisa, Meredith, and Mary sit down. And Meredith thinks she's getting away from Angie, but Angie storms on over. She said, Don't turn your back on me. And then they start talking about the. Uh, let me remind you about the second dick for jazz tickets. Remember that came up last season, or maybe that was the season before someone was S&D for Utah jazz tickets. So Angie's bringing, she's not letting that sleeping dog lie. She's like, let's talk about the second dick for jazz tickets. And I think it was, wasn't weren't they accusing Lisa of, of doing that? I don't know who is S&D for jazz tickets, but if that's what you got to do, you got to do. So be it. If you really want to go to the jazz game, I don't know. How badly do you want to go? Uh, maybe uh, pick up on Amazon, get some knee pads or something, if that's what you're interested in. You know, we're sex positive here. Don't want to do anything out of turn. But if you wanted Utah jazz tickets, that's the only way to get it. I don't know. Do the math. Do the math. Uh, okay, so then, yeah, they're chasing around the party. There's a very aggressive background music. Again, like violins, horns, drums, cello, organ. Like, I was really trying to pay attention to the score, and I felt like I heard every instrument in the repertoire. Like, they had a full organ, I think. I think there was a Bravo person, normally I think they probably probably uh, buy the music, the royalty-free music to play in the background, but I actually believe this week they had someone with an organ, maybe it was Mary Cosby, just in the back of the Bravo HQ with a uh, church organ, just playing some real loud-ass music that they were going to use in the background. Because I couldn't even hear Meredith Marks. Meredith Marks is already, I'm already on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what she's saying, And then I got to deal with the combative music behind her in the background. It was like, too loud, too loud. Somebody turn off the organ. I didn't know if it was just my TV either or just the, I don't know, but it was like so fucking loud. I'm like, what did Meredith say? Can somebody tell Sister Mary to turn down the church organ in the background? Because I can't hear. And then speaking of Mary, she, who was just on Watch What Happens Live with Z-Way, and that was a must-watch One of the most cringe episodes of TV ever. And I just encourage everyone to tune in. Very awkward. Like, I felt like I was sweating the whole time I was watching it. And Mary Cosby, just hearing her answer a question, is a wild ride. A Z-Way gave her a fish filet on the episode. And Mary's like, I'm not eating that. And I think Z-Way said something like, well, we saw you eat it. (laughs) We saw you eat a fish filet on camera and you said you liked it. But then Mary wasn't interested. She said, it's too cold. And Andy asked her, like, why did you come back if you seemingly hate the show? And she's like, well, I was trying to help you out. And honestly, honestly, that was a great answer. But Mary, in this episode, she started to lose me because she's at this crepe party. Then she's saying she's got to go. She's like, are you not going to give me any food? She never got the crepe. But now she's ordering a flatbread pizza. And I don't even know, you guys, again, I, I've had a couple of sips with this Elani, and I don't recall them having pizza, so forgive me. I might have missed it or maybe in my caffeinated Elani haze or whatever this is called. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but I, in my haze, I don't remember them switching from crepes to flatbread pizza, but apparently they did. Mary's like, get me a flatbread pizza to go. Monica's like, ooh, that sounds good. And Mary's like, oh, well, you better get your own because I'm not sharing. And then Mary goes up to the pizza guy who's not really a pizza guy. He's just like someone there who's serving crepes. And I don't know, somehow they found yeast or something and made a flatbread. But then she goes up to the guy and she's like, oh, you're lazy and you're not going to give me. She got mad that he didn't close up the pizza that he made for her. And I was like, this is too far. I don't mind her. This is this is actually might be a controversial take. I really don't mind when Mary Cosby is really mean to the other housewives. I know that that might not be a popular or, or PC thing to say. But the truth is, I really enjoy it. I do. I do. That's my truth. I enjoy when she's being a flat out asshole to all those other women. I do. I do. And that might not be good. That might not be right, but I enjoy it. However, when she's mean to these other people who work at these places and the the servers and the, I don't, I don't care for that because I don't want to see Mary Cosby being mean to those people. They're just trying to serve a crepe at the party that they got hired for. They don't want to be on camera getting yelled at by Mary Cosby and calling them lazy. I just didn't like that. I didn't like that. And so I do draw the line. Like, be be as mean as you want to all of those other cast members. Please. I mean, go for it. Go for it. You might cross the line a time or two, but that's the risk you take. However, when it steps on over to the crepe maker who turned into the pizza maker, I have a problem. I have a problem. If you got a problem with me, it's your problem. I do. I do. Call him lazy, I think, at the end. I don't know. I didn't like it. Um, Also, what happened at this party so the gay rumors about the hairdresser husband, Heather pointed out, and Heather's having, I believe, a redemption season. I think she's coming across great, easy breezy, beautiful in the confessionals i'm really loving what she's saying and i just feel like she's got a lightness and we're letting her she's a little bit of the greek chorus this season so she is so far doesn't seem as in the mix but she's going back to that season one two where she's the audience surrogate right like i don't know i'm i'm enjoying heather gay this season so anyway she points out she's like people always say in salt lake if you're a male hairdresser of course everyone in utah thinks uh, you're gay she says everyone thinks a man in a cardigan here is gay and it is, you know, it is that that thing of, like, if a man's metrosexual, and then uh, suddenly everyone thinks he's gay. And, look, I don't know what's going on with this man, uh, the hairdresser husband. Uh, I do have some problems with the two of them. Uh, I guess we can get to now. Because when they were at home, Angie's at home, and her hair never looked better. Was it in this scene or one of them later? It was, like, Angie K's hair just looked stu- – it was, like, a perfect, like, straight with a little flow. I don't know. I just thought her hair looked stunning. At one of the scenes in the episode. But uh, I am going to drag her for a moment. So Angie was at home. And at home in the bedroom, they have a giant family canvas print where the family is running around in the field and it's in the bedroom. Look, I don't love these. I don't love a canvas print in general. I like when a uh, print is at least framed. Even if it's going to be canvas, I think you need to put a frame around it. That's my optic. However... Uh, These family photos, and I say this as someone who comes from a family whose family does this. I mean, my brother, not my, uh, action I haven't done these, but my brother and sister-in-law, they do the the photos in the field or on the beach with the family and the kids, and they're just flowing in some field that they don't normally spend any time in. So like every year they take a photo in a field and I'm like, where the fuck were you? Like, (laughs) like as if they just spend all the time in the field and they're always just sending out photos, got big old hats, stupid looking hats. Big old hats, uh, white t-shirt and jeans, you know, that kind of thing. The fam- and they're cute for the family, I guess. Uh, I, whatever. You want to have memories of the kids, I get it. However, I do think it's weird when people take these photos on a, in a field or on a beach. Or I think they should be somewhere natural. Be in front of that, on the porch, or I don't know. I, again, I don't have family, so probably when I do have kids, I'm going to be calling up some photographer. I'm going to call my brother and be like, Where, where's that photographer? I need to um, take some photos of me in a field with family, with the kids. Matt probably won't be involved because he, <laughs> he, I can't even barely get him to take a casual photo, let alone him in a field. I mean, could you imagine Matt just running through some corn husks in uh, are they husks or fusks? Husks, right? Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to say fusks. This Alani is, this Witches Brew Alani energy drink. This is going to, this is going to be the end of me. I hope my insides are okay. It says 200 milligrams of caffeine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hello. Okay. Anyway, you guys don't care. You guys don't care. Uh, Okay, so then they got this canvas print in the bedroom. So I think it's weird, and it was a weird size to me. I just have to point that out. And I I don't mean to get nitpick on Angie K's house, because it's a beautiful house, it's got great hair, and the husband's a hairdresser, he was a gorgeous-looking man. But the canvas print just wasn't for me, let's say. So then Angie sits down and tells the hairdresser husband about these rumors that are going around at the crepe event. She says, I didn't want to say anything before bed last night, because this is supposed to be the next day. She said, I didn't want to say anything before bed last night because I was wiped out. And this is what really gnawed at my craw, is the fact that they were in full hair and makeup. Yes, they had like sort of pajama outfits on, pajama adjacent. I think she might have been wearing a robe, but she had her face was beat to the gods. The hair was uh, shining, glowing. And then the hairdresser husband, he was a perfectly ironed outfit. I mean, he had a hat and some casual clothes on, but it was a nice new outfit. It wasn't like they just woke up out of bed. Later in the episode, we saw Monica driving to a kid's school, and she's got the hair up in a bun, and she's very clearly just rolled out of bed. Like, that was a scene where very clearly Monica had just stumbled out of bed, the cameras happened to be there, and uh, they filmed her going to the McDonald's, or they filmed her taking the kids to school, or wherever the fuck they were going. But that was like a waking up look. And then here with Angie and the husband, Sean, is that his name, Sean? I keep wanting to hairdress her husband. I don't know why that flows off the tongue. But I guess his name is Sean. Um, So anyway, Sean uh, and her are doing this scene. And I was like, don't act like, don't try to bamboozle me into thinking you just actually woke up. Because I know you didn't. I could see that somebody just was there doing your hair and makeup. And now you're trying to trick me into thinking like, oh, you just woke up. And so that lost me at the beginning of the scene. I'm sorry it did. So whatever they said after that. And then they're talking about these rumors. And then the sound effects are going. And so they lost me early on. And Angie said something like, you've had to hear this for 30 years. And and Sean's reaction, he, I'm sorry. I feel bad that I'm about to say mean things. But I, I don't know what else to say because she was crying over it. And then he says, it's a smear campaign. And they were like, what did, uh, what did we do to Meredith to deserve this? And I was like a smear camp. Like, I just felt like this was, I'm sorry to say the craziest thing I've ever seen. I know I just said that earlier in the episode, but I think this might've been it too. One of the craziest things, because they were crying over it. And I was like, if it's a rumor that's so far fetched and everything, I don't know. I just thought, I just didn't really feel bad. Is it because of the pajamas that I didn't feel bad? I don't know. I didn't feel bad for them. Oh, and the other thing, they were like, "Electra gonna the the kid is gonna hear about this," and it kills me to think that she would think I would do something like this. And uh, Sean says, "I've been working my ass off to be her hero." I wrote in my notes like, "What is happening? Like, what? I didn't know what. What are we worried about? Electra hearing like a gay rumor?" And I, I guess Sean brought up. He's like, "Well, what really irks me is that." It's a fidelity thing. Like He didn't really seem to care about the gay rumor, but then he was saying, well, Electra's going to hear about this, and how dare they? And what I also want to say about that is we've been in enough time with the Housewives now. This comes out on all of the shows, all of the shows where it's like, don't involve the kids, leave the kids out of it. The truth is, any of these people who are signing up for the Housewives at this point in the year of our Lord, 2023— in the year of 2023, you do know that your family is going to be on this show. So if you are signing up, I'm, I'm just sort of tired of this argument of these housewives saying, don't bring up the kids, or the kids are off limits. And I'm not saying I disagree, like they should have that, but I am... Saying that the people going in and signing these contracts have to realize that that's a risk that they're taking. So I don't think that any of the other women, particularly when the kids are young, I mean, under 18, I think is really important distinction here as well, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in a a bit, but under 18, yes, I think every, it's on the other cast members since even on the production of Bravo to maybe keep those kids out of it. They are kids. They weren't the ones officially signing up for this. However, the housewife who did sign up for it has seen enough of the show. And if they haven't seen enough of the show, they should go back and watch and do their due diligence and research before joining a franchise like this. And they need to see that it's a pattern of sometimes the other housewives will involve the kids or sometimes they'll mention the husband's gay. That's happened a million times on the show. So that has to be of top of mind when you're signing that deal with the devil for the contract. Because it's something you need to expect now. Because I'm tired of hearing on these shows, like, that's off limits and how dare they. It's like, well, you signed up for this and there's a history of it. So you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that mean of me? I'm being tough. I'm being tough on the hairdresser. I know. I know. And I only am tough on him because I'm probably too attracted to him. Because they showed a picture from their wedding. And his hair looked so good, by the way, at that wedding. Those wedding photos of him and Angie. I do think maybe he shaves his legs. Unclear. It seemed to me there was a close-up, and I thought, is that razor burn? I'm not sure. No wrong. Oh, it's not a problem if it is. I just thought, maybe, did he shave his uh, his uh gams? Because I thought he shaved his gams. Did he? I, I I thought I saw razor burn. You know, I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't hairy into the... I don't know. I, you know, I got hairy-ass legs, so I, I I don't shave them. I have to shave them every hour on the hour. But I think the hairdresser, I think, maybe, maybe, shaved the gams. I don't know. I don't know not saying he did, or I'm not saying he didn't. But either way, I support it. I don't have a problem with it. So shave whatever gam you want. Shave the hooves, shave whatever. Shave them grippers. Um, But I did see some razor burn. And he says Meredith's not welcome in their home anymore. They're being so dramatic about this, I thought. If that was me, I'd say, who cares? But who cares? If I, I always think that with these gay rumors, like just if you're not, you're not, or any rumor, I think the best way to handle it as a cast member would have just not give it anything. Just be like, Oh yeah, that's not true. And then move and then don't say anything about it. I don't know. Um, then we see Monica at home with the teenage children. Again, the teenage children remind me of 40 something divorcees from Tampa. And I mean that as a compliment because they just spiritually have an energy and we get to know Monica's mom a little bit more. And, oh, you guys. This dynamic between Monica's kids, Monica, and then the Monica's mom, and even the grandma who we got to meet, you guys, this was thrilling to me. I haven't been so so enthralled by a family unit, uh, probably since, I don't know, the early Jersey days with the christening, because this family is strange. To me, it feels like the kids are the adults, and then as we get older— I guess the grandma felt a little more adultish, but between Monica and the mom, I felt like it's like Monica, it's the kids or the adults, then Monica and then the mom. And it should be the opposite order. Does that make sense? I don't know. The mom was crazy to me. I was thrilled by her. Also a little bit distracted when, uh, this scene when Monica was at home getting the teenage children ready for school. The house was when the fire alarm was going off. How do I put this delicately? Oh gosh. Uh, the house was, it was a little bleak. And you know, on the Real House of Orange County recaps, I've said we need to be cautious and careful when it comes to hiring these women because we're leaning into the territory where we're not behind the gates of Cota de Casa anymore. We are hiring people who it's a different, we're in a different tax bracket, which is no shade to any of these people in a different tax bracket because I'm right there with you. I'm just saying, when I turn on the house I often think that we're going to see glamorous people. And now it seems like we're hiring more and more not glamorous. And so when we were in Monica's Kitchenette, I love this woman for the house franchise. I'm just saying, we have our fill now. We don't need any other women with kitchenettes on the real house of Salt Lake City. We're at our capacity. And so uh, I just wanted to point that out. I want to, again, love Monica. And I feel I'm rooting for Monica and I want the best for her. And I just, I'm really into her. But even I think they're bamboozling us because in her green screen, they're showing a different home. They are in Monica's confessional behind her on the green screen. They have somebody else. It doesn't look like Monica's home because then when we actually touched down in Monica's home, I was like, that's not the same thing in the green screen. And I wish they would just let Monica be herself and show her real home in the background then. You know, even if it's a kitchenette with a fire alarm going off and a, a wreath above the sink, did anyone catch that, you guys? Woo! There is a wreath above the sink. I just, but not somewhere I expected a wreath. I'm come from an old school where you put the wreath on the door outside. I don't. It's very rare that you even put a wreath indoors. For me, at least how I was raised. Linda Pellegrino, she said, put the wreath on the door. And I might have told this story on the show before, but I, there was a time where she put a seasonal wreath on the front door and then a bird was nesting it. And then we opened the door and the bird flew in the house and we had to get rid of the bird. But you got to be careful in that way. However, I just don't picture wreaths above the kitchen sink. It was unexpected to me. Unexpected. And with that, actually, let's take our break here so I can just, I can unwind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take our commercial break so I can really like touch down and unwind and think about the wreath above the sink because I, w- I was really shook by it. I was really shook by it. Go to everythingiconic.com if you want uh, those tour tickets and uh, pre order my book. It's called The jolliest Bunch and be great. And I'm so sorry that I keep bugging everyone to pre order that book, but gotta move the merch. Love you all and we'll be right back. Thank you to ACAS. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. we're back. Uh-oh, hello! I feel bad about what I said about Monica before the break. The truth is there's nothing wrong with uh, how much money anyone has. I don't want uh, that to come across that way. My main issue is just that it goes against kind of what this show was built on or what was presented to us for all of these years in terms of turning on the TV and getting glamour behind the gates of Cota de Casa. And I know the shows have evolved and I understand all of that. And so I'm happy to have Monica there. And and there's no shade about anyone's financial situations because we support everybody. I just wanted to point out that it's a little bit different. I loved her and the kids in the car though, when they, she was just eating bacon as she was driving with the hair and the bun and the pajamas on. And the kids were talking about boners. It just felt like a real, a real family moment. And I think Monica seemingly so far is like being very honest, very open. She's giving us all those amazing qualities of a housewife. Uh, so yeah, we thank her for that. Um, so then we cut to the M. Vince nail salon, nail spa. I don't know if I'm saying that name right, but it's Lisa and the son, Jack, Jack, who's wearing a cow print. And I mentioned last week on the show, the cow print, because somebody else, I think just Wild Rose's husband, Justin, was wearing a cow print hat. And I said it was like the Dell logo, the Dell computer logo. And as soon as I record, I was editing the episode and I heard it and I was like, oh, fuck, it's Gateway, not Dell. And here I was on the episode yelling, dude, you're getting a Dell. But so it is the cow print was the Gateway computers, which I don't know if those are still around. It's not the Dell, though. But anyway, the sun is in a cow print. And that leads me to believe our cow prints and why are all these men in Utah wearing cow prints? What's going on in the water in Utah that everyone's got a cow print outfit for the men? I mean, next week, we're going to see the hairdresser wearing a whole fucking dressed as, I don't know, who's a famous cow? (laughs) Who's a famous cow? There had to have been a famous animated cow. I feel like there's, um, I guess there's a Chick-fil-A cow, but that cow can rot in hell because they don't support the LGBTQs. So I will, oh, there's the Disney cow, the Clarabelle, the cow from Disney. Yeah, we support that queen. Queen, icon, and legend, Clarabelle the Cow from Disney. Anyway, we're at the nail spa, and the son is dressed as a cow as he's getting the hooves painted. And so Lisa's talking to him about this whole mission trip, because he's reading the Book of Mormon. Lisa says she hasn't read that yet. She's like, I'm an avid reader, but I haven't read that. And then uh, Lisa talks about the churches going into fancy church versus – I was a little confused about this, just because – I'm not as well versed in the Mormon religion outside of what they tell us on the show. And so I didn't really understand that. And I was also distracted because at the end of the scene, again, Jack's got his his little um, lower grippers out. The feet were out, the hooves. And so there's a gal like scrubbing the bottom of his heel. And then he's got the print on and the scene ends and Lisa calls him my little Bessie. Did anyone catch that? And did I hear it? Maybe I heard it wrong. She called him my little Jackie or something. I thought I heard Bessie. And I don't know if my brain was warped because I was in cow mode, but doesn't that feel like a cow name? So when he's wearing the cow print, the gateway print, and then uh she's saying my little Bessie, I was like, well, am I in Charlotte's Web right now? Like, what's going on? Because it felt like I was in a children's tale. Uh, she said that to her son in a cow print. getting who's worked on? And I thought, where are we? Where are we in time and space? Because I think she said Bessie, and Bessie's the name of a cow to me. And so I don't know, maybe she had a maybe she had a vision or something or maybe she didn't see her son anymore and she just saw a cow and she accidentally called him Bessie. I don't know. but I did hear her say, my little Bessie, my little Bessie, maybe I miss maybe my brain played tricks on me. you know that happens or I don't know, my little Bessie. Then we cut to Lisa Whitney and Angie at Angie's. And Angie's being real dramatic. She says, it's really hard to put a smile on my face for a daughter. She's really milking this thing, this thing about the hairdresser husband possibly being a gay, when really she should just say, no, he's not. Who cares? Uh, But she says, it's out there. And how is this going to affect my daughter? And it's like, maybe you should have thought about that before you signed up to be a housewife in 2023, because you cannot go into this not thinking that your family is going to be involved in the process. So yeah, you might want to be on TV and you might be thinking, I'm the only one who signed up for this. But history will show you that also the families are signed up for this. So even though Melissa Gorga is the main housewife, guess who's getting the screen time is that Joe Gorga in the dynamic with the sister. So it's not always who's the main cast member. So if you are signing up, that's part of it. They get in these situations where now they're worried about Electra and stuff. And it's like, well, no shit, you dummy. You should... <laughs> That's so mean of me. But it is like no shit. To, not just to Angie. I mean that generally to all of the people signing up for this show. Yeah, like no shit. Your family's involved now. This, the franchise has been on the air for 16, 17, 18 years. I don't know how long we've been with Vicki Gumpelson now. Uh, but ever since she was worried about getting old in her tagline, then we've been with her. And so to say, uh, I can't believe Electra's going to be hearing this at school or Googling herself or – Something Or Lisa was mad. She said something about last season. Henry's classmate asked if there were naked pictures of her online, and Lisa worried that maybe he believed it. And It's like, yeah, no shit, because you decided to be on this reality TV show. So you could say all you want. Well, that's not part of the job description. Well, it is now. It is because it's been 17 years that you've seen it happen time and time again that the kids and the husband and whoever is in your immediate circle is going to get in the muck. So don't sign up for it if that's the case. I'm sorry. I just got so I got so worked up over that. I just feel like it's coming up too much. Lisa mentioned it this episode. Angie, this is where her hair looked really good. It looked really good. And her and Heather, Angie Kay and Heather are friends now. They're close. Good for them. And Lisa gets mad about it. She makes it about herself, which is a sign of a great housewife. So good for you, Lisa. She's a good... I feel like Lisa. Actually, controversial take. I think Lisa, Whitney, Heather, and Meredith in particular, have stepped into the role of veteran housewife this season, where I feel like they are all shining as uh, veteran housewives, and I feel like they are have never looked more beautiful or felt more powerful in their convictions as a housewife, right? Or in their role as a housewife. I feel like the four of them, the OGs on this franchise, have just really stepped into it. And they feel like a confidence. I feel like a confidence radiating off all four of them this season that – is unreal. And whoever's styling them this season is fantastic. And then, you know, again, Angie's there too. uh, But I don't know that I put her in that same uh, grouping. Although Angie, like I said last week, she's flopping so hard that I'm really into it. She is. She's flopping so hard that I've come back around and now I'm loving her. So there you go. Uh, But anyway, so they're talking about this Heather and then Lisa gets mad about last year because she says everybody was so mean to me last year. And then uh, nobody was giving me the grace that we're giving Angie Kay and blah, blah, blah. So she was mad about that. And meanwhile, Whitney's like, well, I didn't know that Lisa was harboring so many fillings. She said, <laughs> I didn't know she had so many fillings from last year. And Then we move on. Who cares? But who cares? Oh, and then this is the scene with Meredith in the car and it's almost falling off the cliff. And I have to say, this happened to me once. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the show, but my brother, oldest brother Gary, when we were younger, he wanted to go skiing at Boston Mills Brandywine Ski Resort, which is this place in Northeast Ohio. And my mom offered to take him and his friend, and we dropped. I was with her, and so uh, we dropped off my brother and his friend at the ski place. And then the snow started really coming down hard. And it was like a windy road with a cliff, and so we're driving home, just my mom and I, and we um, the car slid out. Truly one of the – I'm right there with Meredith because it was one of the scariest moments. I still remember my mom sobbing because then the car – like we didn't fall off the cliff, thank God. (laughs) What if I was like, we did fall off a cliff and I'm a ghost now? (laughs) This podcast is coming to you from the beyond. No, so we stopped then and I just remember my mom crying and she tried so hard to hold it together in front of her young boy. But it was so scary and we were kind of stuck by the cliff. And I remember her crying because we couldn't really do anything. She was so afraid to, like, try to back up the car. We had to get out. And then somebody, I think, like, I don't know if it was AAA or somebody had to kind of, like, pull the the car back. But it was terrifying. There's so much snow. And, oh, uh, I mean, I, I can feel that feeling. Anyway, so here's Meredith talking about that. And then those Bravo people just playing that goofy music in the background. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. And then <laughs> And so much like uh, Foley art, like they were just playing the sound effects, like making fun of Meredith that she's like, it was a hard, a hard thing. Just that goof. I felt bad. I felt bad. She's literally saying, I thought that was going to be my last interaction in life. And then I decided to have a change of heart and spend time with people I care about the most. And then those editors are just playing some goofy ass music behind her. Ba-dum, ba-dum. meanwhile brooks is in the driver's seat because now she's driving around with book, brooks and i would have been worried about his driving because he's wearing the ski goggles and i was thinking your mom just almost flew off the fucking cliff can you at least like take the ski goggles off while you're behind the wheel of her car because we need to keep meredith mark safe she's got a caviar business to promote so brooks you need to take off them ski goggles i was really loving brooks this episode sometimes i'm hit or miss with brooks especially the brooks and meredith scenes i don't always love them. But something about this week was really hitting me, where I was just thought they were so... They get this monotone voice when they're together, or or they're extra... They're both a little monotone as it is, but it was like, when they're together, it's just, it brings it out extra. So Meredith's like, I like that your father brings me coffee in bed every morning. And Brooks is like, I like that you're wearing a 40-inch ponytail. And... (laughs) And it's just this very. They're talking about. I'm in charge of. I'm on the board for glad now. I'm so glad, mom, that you're on the board for glad now. You know, so <laughs> I'm sorry to do that to you, but that's how it sounds to me. That's how it sounds to me. And I. They're talking about Brooks getting out of a relationship. It was a great first relationship of a boyfriend. <laughs> just wow just wow and then they put on the ski boots or whatever they were. they were at the ski place and Brooks was flouncing around in the snow I just loved them together this scene I really did I, they were a comedic they were just making me laugh so hard it was like so I don't know maybe I've just gotten used to the Brooks and Meredith scenes and now I can really settle in and enjoy them because I was just thought it was the funniest thing it was the funniest thing oh then we cut to Monica and the grandma at the McDonald's drive through this was a little bleak to me, and again, I hate to go back to the money situation. But usually on these shows, when we see the people, the cast members going to the McDonald's drive-through, the Taco Bell drive-through, it's like kitschy. Do you know? It's like, ha ha, Patricia Alchell from Southern Charm is getting some Taco Bell or a hot dog drive-through or whatever. I don't forget where she went, but it's like, how funny, how cute, because she can buy all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that level of kitschiness. Like, they don't normally eat there. And uh how funny is it that this really wealthy person, socialite, is going through a drive through right? But then this one with Monica and the grandma going through the McDonald's drive through it didn't have that level of kitschy. It just felt like all of us. It felt like how I go to McDonald's. That's how I felt. Like, I'm driving to McDonald's, and I'm going to get us uh, number three with cheese and ketchup only. And pickles. I don't like mustard or onion. Nuh-uh do not care for mustard and onion on my quarter pounder or my double cheeseburger. However, uh, as I'm watching Monica go, I thought that's me. Me and Monica would have a great time going to McDonald's drive through. Like we, I would love to go to McDonald's drive through with this Monica. I feel like we'd have such a ha ha he he kiki and we would have a good time. And I, even with the grandma too, you know, I love a grandma. I, it's, I make it a point to find the oldest woman in the room and I, they are who I cozy on up to any given moment. Anytime I enter a room, I, I survey the room. I look around and I say, "Who's the oldest woman here?" And then I make that my home base. And so I would uh, station up right next to Monica's grandma, and we would go to the drive thru at McDonald's. We'd have a great time, uh, but it just on housewives. I was like, "What's going on?" It felt very. It was very TLC. And I uh, look again. I feel bad. I feel bad. But this, we might as well have been watching TLC. This this scene. We should have. But I loved it. I loved it. i not trying to insult it, because I loved watching with the mom and the grandma, and then going to the—they were going to this card church thing. I used to take my grandma to bingo. My mom's mom, she was not religious at all, but I would take her to uh, church bingo. My dad's mom, super religious. It, they were total opposites. Like, my dad's mom, super religious, sang in the choir, went to church every day. And then my mom's mom, she would only go to church to play the bingo. And so I would have to drive her before she passed, drive her to that. And I would play sometimes. And it was so fun. I loved playing with those women. Oh, speaking of hanging out with old ladies, I mean, go into a, a bingo. Anyone out there, if you have a grandma still living, grandma, grandparent, anyone who goes to a bingo, you go with them to the fucking bingo. Immediately, you call that grandma up. As soon as you get off this podcast, as as you turn it off. You say, hey, grandma, I'm taking you to church bingo. I don't care if you're religious or not. You go to that church bingo because it is the best time. I'm thinking about going to find one right now. and My grandmas are passed, but I'm, I am might have to – if anyone you got a grandma out there that could adopt me because I like going to the church bingo with the old ladies. Because those are the people who – they've lived. They've lived. So you talk to one of those gals at the church bingo who's 80 plus. They have the best stories, the best information. They don't care about pleasing everyone, being prim and proper and perfect. They're just there to have a, not a long time a good time. And so you, you cozy on up to them, and you enjoy their stories because they have the—they're the best people to talk to, the best. So you go make an appointment to take somebody to church. Bingo. If you take nothing else from this podcast, is that you need to get your ass to a church. Bingo. Get your ass to a church. Bingo. Immediately, and you talk to those people. Or if you go to the no local nursing home or. Uh, center and you say, Hey, can I come volunteer at the bingo or something? Or cause it really is like, I, I know it sounds silly or like I'm making a joke of it, but the truth is older people, these are the people who have the best stories to tell and they're not around for a long time for us to hear them. So go appreciate them when you can. And bingo is fun too, because it's like a great amount of activity where I know they were playing cards in the episode, but like any kind of card or Rummy or bingo or something, where you're playing and you can focus on a game, but then also hear the stories in between the games. So it's, it keeps you busy, but then you can also chat. Does that make sense? Anyway, the mom though is crazy. It's a little strange to me that she's asking Monica about the kids, whether she's going to raise a Mormon. And the mom says, I believe wholeheartedly those girls need scripture. But then the mom left the church and I'm so confused. And then they were also arguing about who was poor And then the mom's like, I'm your mother, not your equal. And we need boundaries. And Monica's like, what if I'm 69 and on the couch? And I was like, who's Monica 69 and on the couch that she's leaving the door unlocked? I don't even, I would never leave the front door open, unlocked. I guess the mom probably has a key. But then if you give anybody a key to your house, I have to just encourage you to then go to the bedroom if you want to do the 69. Go to the bedroom, the bathroom, somewhere else where you can lock a door where they don't have a key. So I don't want to tell everyone what to do in their house, but if you want a SD69 style in your home, just encourage you to do another, go to the, I don't know where Monica's supposed to go. I don't know all the rooms in the house, but figure it out. Go to attic, closet, basement. I don't know. Do they have basements in Utah? California, we don't have basements here. It's just so weird to me. Uh, But go to a basement if you can. Go run for cover. But don't 69 at the front uh, living room of your house when other people got keys. Cause some people, I mean, I have friends who have keys to my house and I know certainly don't want to be 69 and on the living room or the kitchen floor because they could just walk right in or there's windows too on the main floor. So just be careful about that. Monica, I just want to call your attention to that. And then the mom also, it's revealed that like on the phone, the mom hung up on Monica and said, called her like a fucking piece of shit and hates her guts or something. And Apparently, the mom thought that the phone was hung up. She thought that she had hung up the phone, but then just started talking shit about the daughter. Craziness, you guys. This mom, and then they're swearing at each other while all the other gals are playing rummy. And they're yelling across the way. And then the grandma comes and is like, no dirty talk here. It was a perfect comedic scene. It really was. It just, I felt like it was good. And women have really interesting relationships with their mothers to me. I find it fast cuz I come from all boys. So whenever I talk to young women or friends who have they have such complicated dynamics oftentimes with their mothers, young women, and this was uh, no um different. This was no different. They it's such interesting. Okay, so then we cut to the Woodward ski place. Uh, bad weather was meeting and they're talking about the son, Jack, and Whitney says, "Good for him in regards to Jack doing this mission trip." And I sided with Heather on this because I thought it was strange. Whitney had so much to say about Heather leaving the church and her own leaving of the church. And remember she pointed out Heather didn't like officially leave the church. She's like, Why did you write that book called Bad Mormon? But then you didn't sign up to leave or something. And Whitney wrote that letter and blah, blah, blah. And then she doesn't have any problem with Jack. Now here's what I what I, I want to say and politely. Because he's over eighteen. I think he's nineteen, twenty, something. And so we have to look at this. I don't know. How do I say this? I don't want to get in trouble. But he is an adult man. And so if Heather does feel like this religion is dangerous to people, and so that's why she left it, I don't know that somebody she needs to be supportive of an adult male recruiting people for this religion. Do you get me? Does that make sense? Again, I don't know the ins and outs of Mormonism, but if what Heather is saying, this is a dangerous religion, it's homophobic, it's this and that, a racist, and she says sexist, bigoted, and uh, their discount transgenderism, and she goes on and on. And so if that's how you feel about the religion, I understand Heather saying, I'm not going to support this adult male, because again, that son is not under 18. He's over 18. I think he's 19 or 20. I don't know his exact age, but he's enough to be in college so uh, I don't know that she needs to be supportive of it. If he was 10 years old or something, I'd say, yeah, okay, well, I get what she's saying, but I just, I, I sided with Heather. And then Whitney seemed to understand it by the end because she threw Lisa under the bus about Angie and she got messy in that way. So I think Whitney was realizing in real time, like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't support this. And so she kind of flipped a little bit. I'm interested to see how that dynamic will play out when it comes to Lisa Barlow. But, uh, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I sided with Heather, and maybe you guys feel differently. He's a young man. He's a young man, and I know he's one of the cast members' kids, but I just think that he is also an adult, technically. I mean, if he could vote, then shouldn't he? Shouldn't we be able to hold him accountable if he's recruiting people for something that's dangerous? In the seemingly, again, I don't know that for real. But if that's what Heather is saying and Whitney is saying to us on the show, then I think it's totally fair for them to say. Uh, we're not going to support our friend. supporting. I don't know. I know. But I also understand Lisa like supporting her son. So I get Lisa's side of things, too, because she's just supporting her kid. And that really trumps all else. And so, I look, hopefully that he'll figure it out. He's a young man, and he's got to find his way. Everyone has a story, in the words of KLG. And so he has a story. He's figuring out how his story's going to end. And so we wish everybody well. We wish Jack or John or the fuck his name is, because I can't be bothered to remember. Bessie, is that... A- <laughs> We're praying for Bessie, and we're just hoping the best for Bessie, and uh, we hope he finds his way. We hope Bessie finds his way. Uh, okay, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we have candle making, We have uh, which happened on The Real Houses of Atlanta. Do you remember that? Plus, there's some trouble between Whitney Wildrose and the husband. Then we see a Greek Easter lunch, and yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see where Angie Kate and Meredith go from here. Because, I I don't know, the hairdresser said she's not allowed in the house. So, wh- how are they going to film together? And I don't think Meredith's going to be inviting Angie out with her and Brooks uh, when they're flouncing around in the snow in their snow boots. So, TBD, we're going to have to go to bravotv.com for more information and watch what happens live. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that Again, I'm going to be on tour. Come see me if you want, and we'll have a good time. And uh, the book is out October 24th, and I feel so exhausting telling everyone to get it. And I feel so gross, but also uh, it's uh, we have a small publisher, and so it, I really got to push it as much as I can. So I'm sorry that it's annoying, but I I'm just trying to do my best. So please... Don't get too mad at me about it. I love you all. I love you all so much for listening. I love ACAST. Thank you so much. I also want to mention my holiday movie podcast, which I do with my friend Jenna Brister. Our first episode of the season, season five is out. Her and I recap Halloween Town, which is a Halloween movie. Completely unhinged. It's a Disney Channel original movie, but we cover that. And then new episodes where we cover more Christmas and Thanksgiving movies. Those will launch later in November. So stay tuned for that. But our first one is out now. We do a Halloween episode and then early mid to late, early to mid November, the rest of our episodes will launch. And we have some really fun recaps coming. We're covering the 90s version of A Little Women this year. We're covering a Christmas story. We're covering Stepmom. So we have some really fun episodes to come. So check that out. A Very Merry Iconic Podcast is what it's called. You can also follow us on Instagram for all the updates at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Danny Pellegrino, uh, and uh, all that said, I will be back in a few weeks with new recaps. And then uh, over the next couple weeks, I have an interview with someone very special coming that I am very excited for you all to hear that will be out on the podcast feed. And then as soon as I'm back from tour and book signings and bravo con then we'll be back to all of our regularly scheduled recaps with the real houses beverly hills and i think we're covering miami this season as well as finishing up salt lake city so uh, i apologize for the little hiatus that there will be when it comes to the recaps but we'll be back soon in november and you can come see me on tour or i'm going to be doing a bunch of interviews on other shows and all sorts of places so follow me on social media and i'll give all the updates there at danny pellegrino i love you all so much for listening And bye-bye.